you know, we keep talking about, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. being a you know, dangerous loon because of his anti-vax activism. I mean, that's just part of it. I mean, did you see mm-hmm. that he had this Twitter event with Elon Musk and a bunch of other right wing folks? And at the end of it, this is the New York Times report. Kennedy said he planned to travel to the Mexican border this week to try to formulate policies that will seal the border permanently, called for the federal government to consider the war in Ukraine from the perspective of Russians, Mm. and said pharmaceutical drugs were responsible for the rise of mass shootings in America. So he's got the full spectrum batshit crazy going. He does. And so what's your view, Charlie? Do you also take these polls with a huge grain of salt? I do, but I worry about the fact that uh, there are a lot of you know, casual voters out there who do not pay attention to the news, who are not as online as you and I might be, and who will see the name Robert F. Kennedy and will think of it in certain nostalgic terms. Uh, there is that power of that name. However, I'm guessing that the demographics um, have shifted somewhat and that there's a large portion of, of American voters who have no idea what we're talking about when we're talking about 1968. So True. I do think so. And I'm hoping, I, I said this to Will Salatin on the, on the podcast yesterday, I'm really hoping that the media uh, does its due diligence on this, does not just you know simply let this pass. Uh, I keep thinking that in 2016, one of the great media failures was not doing the vetting of Donald Trump because they didn't take him seriously until it was too late. So Mm -hmm. never underestimate the power of media celebrity and name recognition. I mean, a lot of us, I think, got Trump wrong in 2016 because we weren't paying attention to the fact that he was watched on television, in primetime television, by tens of millions of people on The Apprentice. That wasn't on our radar screen, but it was on the radar screen of the people that actually showed up and voted. Right. So for us, the thing we knew about his business career was his four bankruptcies. What they knew was The Apprentice. Exactly. Exactly. So you and I were chatting just briefly before we started, and you were commenting on the sort of burst of normalcy that we saw from Republicans over the weekend. And I, I, I've commented on this. I guess I want to get your take on it, whether it's a temporary burst or whether or not that pushback against Donald Trump for his praise of Kim signals that, hey, m- maybe this is on. Maybe the normies are actually going to punch back uh, against Donald Trump. What do you think? Charlie, this was the first time in I don't know how long we have seen Republicans criticize Trump not, not because, oh, he he would lose, or he's going to cost us the Senate seats in Georgia, or, you know, he's unpopular, you know, he has too yeah. much baggage. No, this was specifically a moral and ethical thing where they said, that's just not acceptable in a democracy. It's not acceptable for a Republican or any leading political figure in American life to praise and congratulate Kim Jong-un, who leads a vicious, murdering, genocidal regime. And the fact that even people who aren't running, like Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, weighed in. That was very Very interesting. interesting. Something is stirring, Charlie. They sense some vulnerability there on this kind of issue. Yes. And strength to their hands. I can only hope that it's actually a sign of something because, because that's exactly what is needed. All of these arguments about, you know, well, he loses elections. That's very, very weak sauce because as you've pointed out many times, we all have the minute he starts winning or the minute he's ahead, then, you know, what happened to your argument? 
Right. I'm afraid it's another Lucy in the football kind of moment. Um, you know, the cynical reaction would be, okay, where have you been the last six years? Because he's been praising murderous, genocidal dictators uh, pretty consistently, and you never spoke well, up. Absolutely but you know what? Right. I, I agree with you. Strength your hands now at this particular moment. And I, and I talked about this with Will as well. This weird image that Donald Trump is somehow this super American patriot when, in fact, he has contempt for American values and he has consistently sucked up to the worst actors on the world stage. That's the kind of thing that might actually be a wedge issue between him and the Republican voter, which is also why, here's my segue, and I'm maybe an outlier in bulwark land. Should I actually say these words? I'm looking forward to Chris Christie getting into this race at this point. I cannot believe I just freaking said that. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I no. that's totally, totally fair. Can I just make a comment before we get to the delicious prospect of Chris Christie? Let me just back up for one second and say that I totally agree that this idea of him as a super patriot is one of the things that needs to be hit hard and again and again and again, because I think it is a source of real strength for him. For example, and maybe this can be a little advice to uh, our friends over at the Republican Accountability Project, which is to make ads showing the things that Trump has said about Putin he likes me. He's brilliant. He's great. And then the things that Putin says about the U.S., okay, not the things he says about Trump, the things he says about America and about how he is at war with America and about how he's going to destroy, you know, I mean, on and on and on, okay? Put that in an ad, put that contrast, split screen and show that he is sucking up to someone who hates this country and is an enemy of this country, that kind of thing. Well, I hope that he does. I really do. And, you know, the temptation, unfortunately, for someone like Chris Christie will be the same temptation that he had back in 2016, which is that he figures, okay, I'm tired of punching at Trump. He never actually did. So I'm going to punch at uh, the number two and number three to clear the lane. You know, that logic that I'm really bucking to get be that, you know, the one anti-Trump candidate, which means I'm going to beat up on everybody else first. And this is what he did with Marco Rubio. Now, in retrospect, Chris Christie did not kill Marco Rubio. Rubio killed himself. Exactly. Marco Rubio was was an inflated stock, um, an inflated balloon that just lost air. Yep. Like a lot of those guys were exposed on the stage in, in a way that I think DeSantis is being exposed on the stage. But I am looking forward to Chris Christie. I'm going to pay a lot of attention. And for people who think that I'm being soft on Chris Christie, I have a in writing, what I would say to him if I actually sat down, and it would be a lot of bleep words first, and then then we would have a conversation. I don't know. I am going to invite him on the podcast. I probably won't do the bleep words, but you know, we'll we will do that. There's a chance that he's getting into this with the idea that he's going to go after the others. But I really, I mean, what would that achieve for Chris Christie? You know, at least if he is the one who is able to torpedo Trump. That makes it all worthwhile. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. We'll see. Well, speaking of irrational exuberance, we're also on the indictment watch in uh, in both D.C. and Florida with the Mar-a-Lago case. It certainly looks like Jack Smith is moving toward a an indictment. Now, again, I, I wrote about this and I talked about this on the podcast. It's like, you know, we don't know whether he's going to bring charges. We don't know what the charges are going to be, obstruction, extortion, all of those, those things. But man, things do seem to be moving ahead. You have the grand jury that's convened. They had that meeting yesterday. Jack Smith sat in. And if you read Trump's tweets, 
well, not tweets, the bleats. There's got to be ketchup all over the walls at Mar-a-Lago. He is losing his freaking mind. He is acting as if his lawyer just got off the phone with him and said, yeah, boss, you're cooked. They're, they're going to indict you. I think that one of the main reasons that he is running again is because he really believed it would be much harder for him to be indicted or convicted if he was a candidate. I totally agree. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do believe that he's very, very nervous about it. On the other hand, there's many a slip twixt the cup and the lip. So we'll see. Exactly. Among the other things we don't know, of course, is what the fallout is going to be, whether or not Republicans will still rally around him. I, I do think that before the conventional wisdom settles in that nothing matters, we need to see the specific details of this. And I'm hoping that if, in fact, this comes down, which I do expect it's going to happen, that it will be what's known as a talking indictment, that it tells the story as opposed to just violation of these laws. Because I do think it's important for Jack Smith and the other prosecutors to explain to the American people why this is happening, why it is important. I mean, this is not just a usual prosecution. And so I'm hoping he doesn't do the kind of thing that Alvin Bragg did, which is just you know come out with some sort of boilerplate without explanation. I mean, I think this needs, this needs a novelistic approach. My second point, and I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but... I will be disappointed if Jack Smith's only indictments relate to the Mar-a-Lago documents, because I do think that as important as that is, I'm not downplaying it, so don't damn me you know that I'm downplaying this, but the charges related to the attempted overthrow of the government, the insurrection, I think are so much more important and serious. And it, so at the end of the day, it would be a I think a fail if the Department of Justice just went after the document case and not what happened on January 6th. To listen to the rest of this episode of Just Between Us, become a Bulwark Plus member today.